friends, um, from an uh, administration perspective, my day today was light because the office was closed. Uh, and uh, in that sense, people couldn't get to me by phone <laughs> or by email. Um, but it allowed me to be in prayer, but it also allowed me to uh, listen to the homilies coming out of Rome and uh, from the National Basilica or the United States, which is in Washington. And uh, uh, I told Mark, I said, I listened to the one from Rome, and I didn't understand anything. <laughs> Not because of what he was, it's just that it was so deep that it was difficult for me to follow. And I'm the one with a trained in theology and have a degree. And I thought, oh my, I wonder if anyone else is like this. And then I listened to what uh, the rector of the National Cathedral had to say. And uh, my friends, sometimes when I write the homilies for you guys, I wonder, are they getting it? <laughs> Am I getting it? <laughs> and my friends, um, and it's, there's so much. And uh, again, like last week, where last week Sunday and the for the uh, for Palm Sunday, it says, "If you give a homily, keep it brief." Today, the book says, "Keep it brief." It doesn't say if you give a homily, you're given one. Just keep it brief. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I have like eight pages. I don't know. They didn't train me to do that. Uh, and I thought I have so much to talk about. And uh, um, my friends, when we 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 heard uh, last week's Sunday Luke's version of what happened, and then we have John's gospel today, and uh, when we look at it just from a surface read, meaning like a cold read, we read it, um, it's a kind of a violent story, and uh, there's uh, injustice in it, because Jesus is innocent, and there's suffering, and there's mourning, um, but when we go deeper, as Paul would say, this is the folly uh, the cross is a folly. They, people don't understand. But when we look deeper, we don't see God who's far away, but God who is close, really. Um, and uh, we don't see pain and suffering. We see love. And the first thing that came to mind was uh, Genesis, where God says in the beginning, uh, when he created everything, it was like the, the Big Bang Theory. I mean, God loved, poosh, and everything was created. And my friends, on this day that same type of explosion happened again. We see love explodes from the cross, reaching way back to the beginning and into the future today for us. So it's not violence, but an act of love. And yet, when we read it um, on its surface, it seems it's about suffering and violence and injustice. And my friends, uh, uh, in between watching Rome's uh, service and the one, uh, you know, I had to listen to reports about what's Ukraine and Russia and then New York and, and of late and throughout history the world has witnessed and, um, such hate-filled and hateful things and harmful sins committed in the defense of truth in the defense of justice. And now we hear from Eastern Europe, we are trying to liberate. But such violence. And in history, in past times, people have even invoked God's name when they did it, in his name. 
people claiming to answer Christ's call as Christians, but instead they rather take up the power we hear about Pilate. I have power to do this to you and that to you. Chance of crucify him. It resonates what I saw in the news. Crucify them, crucify him, crucify her, kill, kill. On this Good Friday, we Christians would do well to remember that the Lord calls Christians towards the cross, not armed with weapons of destruction and war, with hammers and nails, as we heard in the story, but rather with the power of faith and the power of courage and the power of love. It must be said with absolute conviction the Lord God does not call Christians to crucify others. Never. Our Savior, our Lord, preached messages of peace and justice, not the world's justice, but his Father's. Yes, you can go and see. Where, Father? The Beatitudes, the Sermon of the Mount, if you want to see. That's where Jesus speaks about truth and justice and peace. And he did this the whole time he journeyed to Jerusalem where they would kill him. Jesus, as our church teaches, is fully human and fully divine. He knew very well the brokenness of humanity. He saw and was a witness to the suffering of creation from its beginning. He wasn't a witness of it. He was a witness to it. There's a difference. And Jesus bore our sufferings. He carried all of our pains and difficulties with him to the cross to free us from the power of darkness so that we would not die eternally but live eternally he did not go to the cross so that we would continue in darkness and to do dark, dark things. Now, now is the time for Christians to lay down their weapons. Now is the time to die to darkness and dark ways so that tomorrow we may rise in light and glory as we celebrate Easter. The Lord God calls Christians toward the cross with faith and with courage, not with weapons. My friends, when it comes to matters of faith and matters of courage, it is easier said than done. I understand that. I live in the world with you. I looked at the scriptures. I looked at Peter, the person who dropped everything to follow Jesus. The person our very church is built upon. Remember what Christ said, upon you I will build my church. 
And it was this very person, Peter, who distanced himself during Jesus' final hours. Peter knew of the sufferings to come more than most. Jesus spoke about his suffering and his death many times with all of them as he traveled from town to town to town, preaching God's truth. And still, when the hour came, Peter denied his friendship with Jesus three times. If you or I were put into that situation, might you and I do the same? Have we already done the same? The virtue of courage, like most virtues, can only be strengthened through practice of it. Yes, God's grace, for sure. But it must be practice. The more we practice courage, the easier it will be for us. The more we practice holiness, the easier it will be to choose that which is holy over that which is wicked. So my friends, then let us reflect on some images of that holiness of that courage, of that faith. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the wife of Clopas. Mary of Magdala. And the one known as the beloved disciple. John's gospel, gospel places these four people, and particularly the three women, at the foot of the cross, not as spectators, not as people who were witnesses of the crucifixion, but witnesses to the crucifixion. So close to the cross that they could hear the dying Lord's words, his final words on earth. of which we are told, Jesus says, Woman, behold your son. He asks of his mother to let go. Let go of her physical maternity. I'm not a mom or a dad, but I can't even imagine what that would be. And we are told through the Gospels, Mary stood. She did not fall to the ground. She stood, standing as an act of faith and courage. She stood before her son as he said this, and she let go. And when she did, God repaid her by making her the mother of nations, the spiritual mother of all. It took courage. It took Faith, it took love. The woman who accompanied Jesus throughout his ministry drew closer to Jesus in those final hours while his best friends ran away. These women heard Jesus speak of his impending death many times on that road. 
They knew the suffering that would befall their beloved friend and Lord. Still, when the hour came, the three women, along with the beloved disciples, stood with faith and courage by Christ's side and did not leave him. If put in such a situation, might you and I then do the same? Like those brave four, we are called to move toward the cross. And in our time, we are called to move toward suffering. My friends, suffering. When given to Christ, it becomes a holy suffering and it's not done in vain. It has value to it. My friends, Christians, as I focused yesterday on Christians, as I said, we have the numbers. If everyone who is baptized, who claimed to be a Christian, actually did it, and act and walked in his mode, it would be transformative to this world. So we Christians, we are called to stay in the shadow of the cross at its most challenging and darkest moments. We disciples of Jesus Christ are called to summon the faith and the courage of those three Marys and the beloved disciple and to bear witness to, not of, to, the sanctity of life, the holiness and the joy of this world. In this, though, we will have to witness to the cycle of life, death, and resurrection to testify. By doing this, we, the disciples today, will witness too and be able to speak of more stories of faith and courage and love, such as a Christian volunteer who feeds and attends to the needs of those who are impoverished, those who live in fear, those who live with despair, a Christian who advocates and petitions for better treatment of migrants and refugees and for those who are marginalized by our society here in the United States of America. a Christian who will stand up for the rights and for the dignity of all human life from the moment of natural conception to natural death. A Christian son or daughter who will keep vigil, faithfulness, and prayer and love at the side of a dying parent instead of looking for ways to end their life. On this sacred and holy day of Good Friday, let us lament the times we Christians approach the cross with weapons in our hearts 
and on our mouths. Hammers and nails. And let us commit to drawing closer and closer to the cross with faith and with courage and with love. Now is the time to lay down weapons, Christians, and to pick up the power of love and faith and courage. My friends, in consideration of this great sacrifice of our Lord, who loved us so passionately, that he allowed himself to be crucified and to be buried in the earth for our sake. Is it asking too much that we, in union and solidarity with him, bury our hatreds, our bigotry, our selfishness, our self-centeredness, and then live instead in a manner that bears fruit by bringing his justice his mercy, his love into our families first, into all of our relationship, friends, into our parish, into the lives of the poor and those who are displaced, into our cities. And all of you know people who need this. It would be very, very disingenuous for anyone to ask, Father, who are they? You know who they are already. You know who they are. And you know the answer. Love. Love. We saw the power of love when everything was created. We saw the power of love when we turned our backs on God. And for you who are faithful, you will see the power of love when you leave this earth and enter into his light, into his grace, into his peace, into a love that is unimaginable. But you must remain faithful. You must walk in the ways of the Savior. You must be Christian, disciple, not in name only, but in your whole life. My brothers and sisters, I remind you with, uh, in all humbleness, um, as you exit the church, please do so with reverent silence. Uh, remember, we're still in our triduum. And uh, tomorrow, uh, the faithful of Christ will reassemble here at 9 a.m. for morning prayer. And then we will celebrate with great joy the Easter vigil beginning at 8.30 p.m., and then, of course, the resurrection of the Lord on Easter Sunday. Amen.